Buddhism in Everyday Life, Episode 6, Podcast by Shaolin Reiner. Our mind is like a garden. You could also say like a small temple garden, full of enchanting flowers, filled with small buildings, decorated with beautiful statues. Our garden, our temple. Our thoughts are the seeds that determine what grows in our temple garden. Flowers or weeds, only we decide, according to our personal taste. The useless self-talk of our ego becomes weeds. The positive and useful thoughts become flowers. He who can control his thoughts will not tolerate weeds in his thought palace, but will tend the garden cut the grass, plant new flowers, remove referred ones, he or she will make the temple garden as beautiful as it can be. Buddha taught his followers that the path to enlightenment can only be walked with right effort. He rejected idleness and laziness. So how do we shape our mental temple garden? What can we do to become and remain an inwardly beautiful being? According to the teacher of all teachers, life is demanding, mindful and thoughtful, we should choose our actions, think, speak and contemplate compassionately and humanly. Sit down in a quiet hour, either in the lotus position or on a comfortable chair and start meditating on your temple garden. What thoughts arise inside you, where do they come from? Are they useful, good and productive? If not, then these thoughts can go away to the rubbish, which must not be missing in your mental temple garden under any circumstances. Which flowers would you like to have in your paradise? Which trees? Which buildings? Which statues can you see in your inner eye now? According to Buddha, Happiness lies within us, we just have to rediscover it. It lies in our temple garden, in the mind palace. The statues in the buildings of our garden show Buddha, but they are a symbol of our own self. Buddha is only a symbol of ourself because according to the great teacher, we all are a Buddha. We only have to find our way back to ourselves, to dig out the personality that makes us. No god or priest can help us, only we, all alone, have to do the work. We ourselves must tend our temple garden, water it, fertilize it and prune it. What efforts are you prepared to take on yourself? A beautiful garden is a lot of work. It needs daily care, the plants need love and attention. When everything goes to your head, then you can retreat to your temple garden. Enjoy the clear air for a short moment, admire the beauty of the plants and then dive back into everyday life. Have fun, the path is the goal. Buddha once said, as the field is spoiled by weeds, so man is spoiled by his greed. Recognize your true self. What is the real you? Who are you really? Have you ever asked yourself that? Buried under thousands of shards, covered with the events of the past, 
the incidents that have happened in the course of a lifetime, there is the real you waiting to be rediscovered, the personality buried under conventions and rules that is what needs to be found. Take the necessary time to begin your journey to the true self. Come to terms with your personality. Who am I? The Buddha's teachings provide all the information you need to start on the path of joy. Buddha once said, Man suffers because he desires to possess and keep things which by their nature are impermanent. Inner lack and happiness Before we are allowed to be content and happy, we have to continuously look for something, because our ego loves and lives the idea that we are always lacking something. We do not experience inner peace, we are seemingly always searching for our happiness. But is that so? Can another person or things fill our inner lack? After all, our idea of a romantic relationship often looks like this and we wonder why we feel imperfect because we believe that we are only perfect when another person loves us. At some point we feel bad when we notice that the other person does not do exactly that because no other person is there to understand your needs and ultimately fulfill them completely. If we believe that we are not already perfect, we make ourselves dependent. This is a deficiency thought and does not help you to be happy. When we understand that we can be without someone, but just as happy without them, we are emotionally free. We don't cling, we don't project. Love yourself and it doesn't matter who you are with. Submitted by Jude constantly searching. We are constantly searching for love, for success, for recognition, for power, for money, for the meaning of life, for spirituality. The list goes on and on. Few of us came up with the idea that the solution could lie in us. Those who search will not be happy because everything we need is already within us according to Buddha. No matter what goals we pursue, no matter what we are looking for, all the answers are within us, they just have to be recognized as such. Buddha once said, all misbehavior is due to the mind. If the mind is changed, the misbehavior cannot remain. Living only in the now. The Buddha's teaching commands his followers to live mindfully and consciously, to reflect on oneself, to appreciate moments and circumstances. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? Whether there will be a tomorrow at all, that is completely uncertain. You should start by being more aware of your life, appreciating the little things, no matter how unimportant they might seem to you. The delicious smell of coffee, the laughter of a child, the soothing breeze, the setting of the sun, the people around you, these are treasured opportunities that you should not let pass by. 
The path to enlightenment is paved with wonderful things to discover. However, this takes place now, tomorrow perhaps too, but we just don't know. The Chinese philosopher Liu Bu Wei once said, The present is the future in relation to the past, just as the present is the past in relation to the future. Therefore, whoever knows the present can also recognize the past. He who knows the past can also know the future. More control over life. How to get more control over your life with three simple steps. We cannot control events, but we can control our actions. Do you often feel that life slips away from you? That you have no control over the events? Well, according to Buddha, we can't have any control at all. Because karma is already written, everything comes as it must. What we can control, however, are our actions. Because if it is our destiny to exercise more control, then that it is what will happen. The felt loss of control then quickly gives rise to stress, excessive demands and worries. This is purely a feeling, because these processes only take place inside us. The world keeps turning, whether we have feelings or not. But how can we manage our emotional world better, follow emotions less, how can we live happier? First, serenity mantra. When everything is going over our heads again, we can calm our ego with a serenity mantra. A Buddhist prayer is a good choice here. I pray to the statue of Buddha, which is an image of myself. I gather myself to calm my heart. My breath is calm and round. Each inhalation feels good. I rest within myself. The certainty of crumbling to dust gives me tremendous strength. I explore myself, reach my I. Who am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? Second, breathing exercises. Now concentrate on your breathing. Try to gain control over inhalation and exhalation. Breathe in calmly and mindfully through your nose. Hold the breath in for a moment, then breathe out slowly and mindfully through your mouth. Do this exercise 20 times, paying attention to the flow of the breath in your body. Third, investigate your thoughts. Thousands of thoughts storm through your mind palace. Similar to lightning bolts, all kinds of thoughts shoot through us with great energy. Take on the next thought. Where does it come from? Why does it arise in you right now? What have you just heard or seen? What was the reason for this thought? Follow up this thought. Don't let go. Fourth, thought temple. Build a temple in your mind palace. Imagine that there is a small place in your mind reserved only for Buddha. That there is a small statue of him as a symbol of your own self. Futuritively, imagine this special place inside you. Gradually build up the temple, adorn it with flowers and decorations. When your thoughts are having another slaughter fest, mentally retreat to your thought temple to find peace and quiet. A retreat 
inside you, just for you, your little paradise. Gain control over your life. Buddha once said, your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own uncontrolled faults. But once mastered, no one can help you as much too. Buddhist Studies In Western culture, little is known about the Buddha's teachings, which is why studying the philosophy of the great teacher can be useful for a fundamental understanding of the worldview. Guidance can be given by a Chan master, as the totality of Buddhist wisdom has been subject to the spirit of the times over many centuries. Important teachers in the Buddha's succession have contributed their own views, and many different schools have taken different approaches. Buddhist studies, however, cannot give us anything that we do not already have within us, but it can remove from us those things that are alien to our true nature, that have become layers upon our personality. Here on this podcast I try to reveal the listeners their Buddha nature, to explain to them the need to inquire about their own I, to search for their own buried personality among the many layers of shards. Who am I? That is the question of all questions. If you want to get to the bottom of yourself, you can't help but ask who you really are. Who is the person behind the role we have chosen so that we can no longer be heard so often, so that those around us cannot see the real person so easily? So what can we take away from the role? How can I help you with that? The one who understands that destiny is already written, that everything will come as it must, will also understand that he or she can give himself or herself naturally, does not have to pretend anything just to please. If it is your karma to show your true personality from now on, then that is how it will come. If our people around you cannot or won't appreciate it that way, then that is their karma, regardless of your destiny. If the paths are here to meet, then that it is how it will come. If other people around you can't appreciate it that way, then that is their karma, regardless of your destiny. If the paths are to meet, then that is how it will come. If they have to part, then likewise. A Buddhist teacher prepares people for enlightenment, for detachment from attachments, whether to people or things. Since we are going to lose everything that is dear to us anyway, there is no point in being overly attached to it either. According to the founder of Chan Buddhism, the Indian monk Bodhidharma, Buddha's philosophy should be transmitted from heart to heart, example given through talks, called Dharma talks and personal instructions. I try with my words to point my listeners in the direction of the Buddhist path. The path is the goal. Buddha once said, if zeal is lacking, wisdom wanes. Swarm intelligence. Suppose we humans, like birds, had a collective gift, a way of transmitting information without sound or noises. 
Could you imagine that? Perhaps even figuratively? Almost supernatural abilities, certainly. But if all humans had this gift, it would then be very natural again. We don't even need to imagine it, because this aptitude is actually in us, sleeping but present. Surely you have heard. I was just about to call you, what a coincidence, or I was just thinking about you. These are remnants of the buried remains of our swarm intelligence. They are signs that we humans also carry such abilities within us. So-called swarm intelligence is a form of energy. Members of a swarm send and receive vibrations similar to long waves, for example. Whales can talk to each other over thousands of kilometers, dolphins swim synchronously, wolves hunt in packs, birds soar across the sky in a perfect geography, monkeys appear as a strong unit in the group, fish form entire structures in completely anatomous conformity, insects create entire colonies in almost limitless dynamics. Humans are the only higher creatures that do not have this kind of ability, that do not have this kind of collective communication, except for the Internet. A cousin of Charles Darwin, Sir Francis Galton, conducted a very interesting experiment at a cattle market once. The public was asked to estimate the weight of a bullock for sale. Galton calculated the mean value from this, which deviated from the measured weight by less than 0.1%. The Book of Wisdom of the Many by James Surovitsky deals precisely with the phenomenon that the swarm decides more wisely than the individual. How can this be? Those of us who can see the true personality of people at a glance, they know what I am talking about. Those who are awakened, they see behind the scenes, they are no longer blinded by the pretended roads. We are fascinated by the flocks of birds and fish, which obviously have a swarm intelligence that allows them to control and interact in a unison with their fellow species. Humans also have these abilities, but the knowledge about them has been forgotten. We are also capable of such behavior. We can make group decisions if we only want to. Lonely decisions are not always the best ones. Surely, you are now asking yourself how this is supposed to work. The answer is simple. At the beginning there is the Buddhist question, who am I? This leads to other questions, such as, where do I come from? Those of us who think about these questions will also be able to look much deeper behind the reality we feel, and rediscover quite amazing things in the process. Have fun with it. The German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer once said, Ordinary people only think about how they spend their time. An intelligent person tries to exploit them. Where is the shoe pinching? So, we politely ask what is perhaps bothering our counterpart. 
what is weighing us down and dampening our spirits. So now I ask you, were the shoe pinching you? What is on your mind and how could you feel better? Would meditation help you? Or a brisk walk? A meeting with friends? Take some time for yourself today. Switch off your phone. Stay completely with yourself. At least for 15 minutes. According to Buddha, not everything we perceive as real is true anyway. The English writer Mark Haddon once said, I cried because I had no shoes until I met one who had no feet. Improve relations. We live in and with our environment. We are integrated into a web of relationships. Our family, our friends, our work colleagues, fleeting acquaintances and deep connections determine our social life. However, relationships need to be nurtured, otherwise they fall asleep. How many people do you think you have a special relationship with? Have you ever thought about this? Take a piece of paper, divide it into three sections, each for the special, the normal and the business relationships. Now insert the names of the people who will play a role in your life in the boxes. Leave some space after each person fall. I will come back to this later. Look at your list calmly, improve it if you feel the need to do so. For each name, think about the pros and cons of the person. Think about the beautiful moments you spent together with this person. And what was not so harmonious, these feelings are also important and should not be neglected. When you are satisfied with the list, then start to think about which of these relationships you would like to improve. Pick a name from the special group. What could you do to deepen this important connection? Would you be willing to put work into this relationship as well? I recommend the 3 to 1 rule to deepen relationships in general. Think of three small things that don't require much effort, two things that require some effort, and one specific thing that requires significant effort. Set out these intentions, write them behind the appropriate name. Finish the special group first. Then move on to the next group. Here you do exactly the same thing, with one difference. The things you will do for the people in a normal list should require less effort on your part. Again, go through the list, writing after each person what you are willing to do to nurture the relationship. After that, work through the last group but again, realistically, scale back your relationship building efforts. When you have finished, write down in your calendar the things you are willing to do, no matter how small and inconspicuous they may seem. We are all part of a bigger picture. Buddha warned his followers to look behind the scenes, not to be fooled by appearances. How would you feel if you unexpectedly receive some kind attention? The US human rights activist Eleanor Roosevelt once said, the most important thing in a relationship is not what you get, but what you give. Thank you very much for listening to Buddha Blog Podcast. 
please download the app Buddha Block from the App Store in Android or Apple. Have a good day.